Welcome into the Atlanta Sports Party, your home for the best Atlanta sports talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me is Jarvis Davis. The Atlanta Sports Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up later, we will deep dive into exactly what's going on in Flowery Branch and maybe beyond this weekend was going on in Flowery Branch. We'll also take you around the Metro and talk about some of the challenges that Jarvis knows all too well as a former college athlete. But let's get the party started with some top takes and some fireworks that actually came out of Braves country. Started over the weekend, Jarvis, and now we've got more details coming out today. Braves, of course, acquired Chris Sale from the Red Sox over the weekend in exchange for Von Grisham and cash considerations. But of course, they made it official, official today. And we got more information uh, from one of our guys here at uh, Locked On Sports, Grant McCauley, confirmed he of, of course, Locked On Baseball or Locked On Braves with our podcast network, some of the terms of the deal. So when we first got the information, we knew it was a Chris Sale deal, the lefty to a two-year, $38 million contract extension that includes a club option for 2026. Then we got it broken down for us a little bit more that Boston included $17 million in that Chris Sale trade. So essentially, that covers him for 2024 of the $16 million in Atlanta, then fully guaranteed 22 mil still in 25, the 2026 club option. It's unbelievable what Alex Anthopoulos is able to do because he avoids the original deferred salary. And he really has one of those once again, Jarvis deals that is Braves friendly. Now, when you look at what this means, however, one of the things you tweeted about was whether or not this was the deal that you were waiting for and what it might mean. But first things first, what it might mean down the road. Is you this know, the be a- you've been waiting for? Uh, yes. Um, to, to the short answer on that is, is definitely yes, because here's the thing. One of the things that you, well, let me tell you, I take that back. This is mm-hmm. not like, I thought Dylan Cease probably would have been a, a better fit for the short term and the long term because, you know, he's obviously he's a little bit younger, but I think the cost just was too great for the Braves and just weren't willing to go that high. And and when you think about what Chris Sale brings to the table, what the Braves have needed, you know, coming down the stretch, we going into October, and that's because that's the most important time for a team that's built like this, right? This team is built to, to win a World Series, so you need your your pitchers, you need your pitching staff, your starting rotation, you need those guys to be healthy, and that just mm-hmm. hasn't been the case coming down the stretch these last couple of years, and the, and the Philadelphia Phillies have taken advantage of that multiple a couple times right in back-to-back years so it's it's just and then chris sale is a guy that has dealt with a lot of injuries now he was an absolutely light sap for seven straight years all-star he made the all-star team and all that stuff and just in a almost a 200 pinning of 200 innings per year type guy and exactly what you're looking for but we're not going to get that I, I, I mean, and to be honest with you, I really don't feel like you need to. He needs to be on that level, but mm-hmm. it can't be. Hey, I know he had the Tommy John surgery. He was dealing with some, you know, some shoulder issues and all that stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. in these past few years, and I think that I just don't really know what I'm going to get. Yeah. So I guess I just gotta trust Alex Anthopoulos in the short term. Right. But the one thing that really just hit me when when we saw the news and everything, it was just. And it kind of got me a little down a little bit, T. I ain't going to even lie. Because, you know, you know me, I started thinking down the road and 
I started looking at Max Freed, and we ain't heard not one peep about an extension. And I was just like, and I thought I tweeted this out earlier. I said, uh, <clears throat> uh, folks, uh, did the Braves just give an extension to Max Freed's replacement? And I'm sitting there like, oh, yes. Like, come up with a good case to, to tell me I'm off my rock of Please, do you help me out here? <laughs> well, well I, I, I hope you're off your rocker. I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm just wishing and praying because honestly, then the thought becomes, okay, but is he really who you want? For all the reasons that you just mentioned, is he really who you would want to replace Max Fried? Now, granted, Max Fried has had his share of challenges injury-wise as well. This past season. Yeah. So we take yeah. nothing away from that. But on the same token, you're looking at Max Fried and you're thinking to yourself, but he's your ace. He's your ace. He's your 29-year-old ace. You're looking at Chris Sale, and Chris Sale is on the other side of the 30s, right? He's closer mm -hmm. to 40 than he is to 30. So right. I think that's where it kind of concerns me and makes me think, uh, I don't know if that's kind of the move I was waiting for. And I, I heard, certainly hope it's not a move that mirrors the replacement of Max Fried. More so, I want it to be the second coming of Charlie Morton, because that's what it yeah. feels like, at yeah. least in the short term. Now, I agree with you, Jarvis. I don't know if in the long term it's going to look like, oh, he's just the second coming of Charlie Morton, i.e. in addition to the staff that's currently in place, the rotation that's currently in place. But at least if we look at the backside of his 2023 year, you feel a little bit better, right? Final well, nine, starts, yeah. four strikeouts, 32 hits in 43 and two thirds innings and those 54 strikeouts coming in just those nine starts versus I think he had like 125 strikeouts for the entire season. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a pretty hefty haul in just your last nine strikes. So hopefully maybe he's good to go, but I don't know that I would want him to be that guy who replaces Max Free. But Jarvis, I hate to say it. You might be on to something because two years in a row, Max Freed and the Braves have had to go to arbitration. So clearly they haven't been on the same page a couple of times. Right. If the Braves said thanks but no thanks on Dylan Cease, they were kind of in the mix, according to Alex Anthopoulos, the last uh, couple of interviews that he's done. He said that they were kind of in the mix for Aaron Nola until Nola made it clear that he really was preferring to stay with the Phillies. I think that's about as far as they would have gone out of their comfort zone when it comes yeah. to the dollars. But we will see. I, I like the move overall, but I do think for you and I, it's probably an incomplete grade at this point because we just need to see what else is happening. And you certainly hope that Alex Anthopoulos is not done. Now, as far as the Hawks, you hope... Yeah, oh, go ahead. Real quick, real quick thing, um, T. Because, like, just look at the market. Like, uh, what's the guy the Dodgers just signed? Yamamoto? No, yeah. signed for three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. No. The Braves ain't cutting that check. Okay, how much money? What their salary is? Uh, total salary is this year? Oh, I think it'll be two hundred and forty million, which is up there. You know, they playing a little luxury tax. A little they're in there. They're, they're playing yes, around yes. there, but they ain't playing that. I can tell you yeah. that right now. <laughs> exactly. Regardless of the fact that the ceiling for that tax may go up this year, it's just not a game that you're used to them typically playing. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We'll see if the market may dictate that they go a little bit higher than they normally would, because we also know that Alex Anthopoulos has stated that they can admit there may not have been anyone at the trade deadline or maybe anyone last off season, but they know they've got to shore some things up if they really want to be in the conversation with the Dodgers and the Phillies next postseason. Now, another team that maybe is starting to look 
a little bit better, but they still need to be thinking trade as well because Jarvis is January 4th and we're getting close mm-hmm. to that trade deadline in the NBA. So that's a conversation that you're going to hear us here on the sports party as well as on our postcast talk about for the next couple of weeks because that's where we're getting to. Now, the Hawks, good deal, 141-138 over the Thunder last night. Nice, well-rounded game just in terms of seven players and double figures. And all of that is great, except Jarvis. You got to ask yourself the question, did you have hope because they actually won the game and they closed it out? Or were you like me and concerned because, my God, you had a 17-point lead at one point in the game, two minutes and 39 seconds left in the game, you had a 15-point lead, and you only win by three? Mm. D, I, I, I'm with you. Um, I will, we are kindred spirits when it comes to these Hawks because at the end of the day, there's a pattern. They, go, they come out to a nice lead. Then, then the team in, in the second quarter, they started to inch back into the game. And then next thing you know, you just looking around. It was like, all right, you know, third quarter, okay, all right, you know. And then going into the fourth quarter, like, okay. And, and then next thing you know, you know, Shea Gill just acts down to get the little steal. Then he comes down, dunks the ball. Then next thing you know, it's five points, and then it's three points. And then they come down with the last play, then do wide open right there for the three. And I'm just like, uh, what are we doing here? How do we get here? So and, and Jarvis, it's just like, again. wide open for wide open. the three. Wide open. Like, wide open. Good thing, you know, uh, the young man, I forgot the guy who uh, passed the ball to him. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, like how does this happen? And like Trent Forrest, yeah. you know, thankfully at least tried to close out. You know, he closed out the right. best he could, but he shouldn't have been opening in that in that spot. If definitely in that spot, like you should be defending the three point line. They should be like, oh, we ain't got no choice but to take a two in this in this particular moment. But it was just, it was just typical typical Hawks. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm concerned because. Like you mentioned, like with the whole NBA trade down line, like a move has to be made. Like, and I think the only shining light, and I'm sure you and Deshaun have talked about this on the Hawks podcast. Like, I love watching Jalen Johnson play basketball. It is so refreshing. He looks like a type of guy that can go to the rim and put the ball on the floor and push the ball up the floor, you know, playing defense and just rebounding and just. Just doing exactly what he needs them to do, and even much, much more. You know, just shooting from from behind the arc. You yeah. know, shot fifty percent last night, two for four mm-hmm. from behind the arc. So those are some of the things that you ask him to do. You want him to do more of. I know Quinn Snyder's been on him about that, but yeah, this is. I was concerned, but man, it was it was the one shining light for sure is seeing uh, Jalen Johnson get another career high at twenty eight points. That was just really cool to watch. He he's just just yamming on folks over check yeah. room grin like yeah get out here way little man like I told you I was gonna do this y'all to you right here so yeah I love it I love, absolutely love it yeah he definitely is the bright spot and to your point you get two way play from him and sometimes it's on the boards and he's going to give you a double double that way. Or sometimes he's going to get you a career high four steals. Like he got you last night. Those are the types of things that if you could see those two way games more consistently, and I'm going to go and I'm going to stick with what I've been saying in that, in that front court. I'm really, really okay with the way Trey young is playing. Like I really, really enjoy what I'm seeing. And DeJounte is solid. He may not be great, but he yeah. is solid. But somewhere in the middle, I mean, we've got Jalen Johnson back, so you kind of have, you know, he, he's good to go there. But give him a compliment. 
He needs a complimentary player. Somehow, some way, you've got to give him somebody else who can provide some support in defending the wing. Because like you said, Trent Forrest did what he could. But at the end of the day, whether DeAndre Hunter was there or not, you know, Deshaun and I, of course, debated that point. But I ultimately uh, think, I don't even think that's the answer. Right? Yeah. I'm like, you know. It's not. I'll say It's not. Yeah. I'm like, you got to start working the phones because as good as the Thunder are, they were coming off a very emotional game, beating the Celtics the night before, and they were on a back-to-back. And they did. They were so sluggish that you went out to what an 11-0 run to start the game. That 17-point lead, you can't allow that to happen. So we're going to talk more about that as the season goes on. But like you said, Jarvis, nonetheless, a dub is a dub, and Jalen Johnson is Jalen Johnson. We're going to deep dive a little bit more into these do-or-die Falcons when we come back. Guys, listen up. Jarvis Davis here for FanDuel. This episode of the ATL Sports Party is brought to you by FanDuel because it is the number one sports book in America, guys. The NFL season is, is coming to a close. It's like we're going to the last week of the season. Oh, my gosh. If you haven't been messing around with FanDuel, what are you waiting for? I'm telling you. Guys, right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Yes, just five bucks. That's all you got to do. And you get $150 in bonus bets. And that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. You're going to get it regardless for all new customers. This app is so easy to use, guys. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays. I'm telling you, you can win you some money. Come on, people, stop playing around. It's 2024. New year, new me. Get some more money. Let's do it. Come on, y'all, stop playing around. So I want you to visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official. Sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. So, Jarvis, when I saw this question in the pre-brief conversation that we were talking about and, you know, going back and forth, just kind of brainstorming on what we wanted to chat about, I chuckled because I said, you know what? I'm going to defer to JD on the first question. (laughs) And that is, of course, about the Falcons and the job status of Arthur Smith. This is one of those crazy kind of do or die games. Like you never wanted it to come to this, but then you kind of always knew it was going to come to this. Even back in week 12, when both of these teams were battling it out, it was one of those situations where you knew. Somehow, some way, even when Tampa Bay kind of sprinted a little bit ahead of the Saints, sprinted a little bit ahead of the Falcons and the NFC South, didn't really seem to matter. Didn't really seem to matter because you knew that somehow, some way, it was coming back to what we have always said from the beginning of the season, it will come down to the last game of the season. And here we are. Saints, Falcons in New Orleans on Sunday is where it comes, what it comes down to. But now, Jarvis, just because of the stretch that you've seen with the Falcons after the bye, it's now not just about getting into the playoffs or not getting into the playoffs, it's also about Arthur Smith's job status and whether or not this game is going to be impactful and a determining factor of that. Do you feel like this game in and of itself is a determining factor, or do you feel like what are the factors involved in maybe him getting possibly getting the pink slip? To be honest with you, I really feel like Arthur Smith, I mean, Arthur Blank, excuse me, 
is really taking a close look at these last few games. And, you know, we got the report that he was, quote-unquote, safe more than likely after the win against the Indianapolis Colts. And he was the highest-scoring uh, game that they played in all season. And they still came short up short of 30 points, that, which they haven't reached all year, uh, which is an issue when you have the head coach who was also the offensive coordinator. It was the reason why he was hired, because he mm -hmm. had one of the most successful offenses in the NFL and all this stuff, right? But for me, I'm not putting all this on one game. I don't feel like his status should be put into just this, these last few games or this last game. And, and I know, you know, look at, at the press conference, you were talking about how we just got to go out there and win. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you should have won last. You should have won not not last week. That was that was not. They were not going to win that game last week. And, and you know, you should have won uh, uh, against you know the Carolina Panthers. And you know, just so many things that went into that game, and just the uh, the 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 being so conservative on offense, and just mm -hmm. even in the first drive of, of, of uh, against Chicago, it just yeah. I question too many things. I question too many things just from a uh, offensive play calling standpoint, because you'll come out with the trick play to open up the game, right? You get some yards. B. John Robinson breaks off a nice long run of doing B. John Robinson type things. You take a shot down the field with Kyle Pitts. If the quarterback makes a little bit, be little bit of a better throw, or if Kyle Pitts makes an effort to try to die for the football, when the last time have we seen that? You know, that's a whole nother conversation for, for yeah. another podcast. Like, why is this dude, what is this dude done? You yeah. know, you know, since he's been here, and I know there are other factors that that come into play, but mm -hmm. he's a part of it too. I, I say that for for a fact. You know, from yeah. what from what I see from my eyes, but I think overall, though, this should not come down to whether or not he win this game, what to save his job, because at the end of the day, if the if you're bringing it down to if you're minimizing it to one game, mm -hmm. we're probably going to be in the same situation where you're going to have to be have, probably have to fire him the following year, just like you did Dan Quinn. So yeah. I feel like Arthur Blank, regardless of whether or not he doesn't feel like going through another firing of mm -hmm. a regime or whatever, he, he he better better make the right decision on this because if you're talking about this regime drafting another quarterback in 2024, I don't trust that. They saw with their own eyeballs and said Desmond Ritter is the guy. And we know that for a fact that that is he is not the guy. He is not QB one. He deserved right. to be in the NFL. He could be a solid backup. Sure. But he is not the guy that that that, that needs to serve this team where they um, currently constructed. Yeah, and for me, I think mine is probably a little bit more nuanced because on some level, I do agree with you that it should never come down to just one game. But on the same token, you had so many opportunities to make it not come down to just one game, and you didn't. That's why that's why we're here now. So I, I want to go back to what you said about the, the Panthers. That could have been a game where clearly we wouldn't be having this conversation because you would have won it and you would have been in a position to where your conference record, excuse me, division record would have been better than the Saints and the Bucks, like straight away, right? Okay, that's mm -hmm. one. Go back to the Cardinals. The Cardinals. And yeah, miss me with the whole, but they beat the Steelers. And well, you know, Steelers are the Steelers are gonna steal and the Cowboys mm -hmm. gonna cowgirl. So miss mm -hmm. me with that. You still were one of the teams that should have, could should have, could have, and would have beaten them, except right. you didn't. So I look at that game. Vikings, winnable. Titans, winnable. I don't give a darn what Will Levis did. 
still winnable. So many games, so many opportunities when the Falcons could have won, should have won, but didn't win. So now you have kind of brought it to the last three games. And I think the reason... I don't. And so, like I said, I agree with you. It shouldn't come down to one game, but I think it has come down to one game to save his job. I think at this point, it's more about saving it than losing it, because I think you're probably on the closer end of losing it than you are to saving it. But do well in this game. And that can that might that might buy you something. But then, like you said, Jarvis, if it buys some time for Arthur Smith, meaning time into the next season, then where do you find yourself? Because if you're not careful, and we talked about this two or three weeks ago, it's going to be the Dan Quinn situation all over again, where what's going to happen? Midway through the season, there will be a firing, and Ryan Nielsen is going to be the de facto head coach, and then we're going into this circle and this roller coaster again. And it's just, yeah, so and one more thing I wanted to share there before we kind of before I touch base with you on the, on the Cherry Fontenot side of it as well is this. Mm. I think that another kind of challenge there is when you're dealing with, you know, this situation, I wonder to myself. And going into the personnel piece, how mm. much of this was Arthur Smith and how much of this was Terry Fontenot? Where I think Terry Fontenot gets saved is all the defensive players that have really stepped up to the plate, the free agents. And now you and I are having more conversations about Zach Harrison and DeMarco Hellams. So to me, he's done his job. Right. I think he's good to go. The question becomes, but who pulled the trigger? Who was the trigger man on that QB1 on Desmond Ritter? Because that might be some things, Jarvis, that maybe we don't find out until after the fact of whatever happens with Arthur Smith. But that one kind of stays on my mind. And that's the that's the issue that I have with this whole combo GM coach thing, like them being on the same plan for they shouldn't because they're two totally separate entities. One has to always be thinking about the future and, 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 and making sure they are, you know, financially set now um, with, with putting a good um, enough talent on the field right now. And they also have to think about the future. OK, am I going to give. Uh, AJ Terrell, a big boy contract. Arthur Smith shouldn't be having to think about that. He sh- he doesn't think about that, actually. You know, that's up to Terry Fontenot and his staff. So those guys should not be on the same playing field because we get in these gray areas, like Thomas Dimitrov's job was saved because of, oh, yeah, the, well, they wanted to go with Rasheed Hegman. No, you didn't. No, no. That's your personnel department. Y'all scouted that dude. You yep. can't bring that on Brian Cox because, hey, Brian Cox bounced for him. That's part of the culture style. So that's on Mike Smith. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So that's why I don't like this whole combo combo uh, situation. So, so I feel like it's hard for me to give a coach credit for, you know, personnel when there is a GM in place. Yeah. And the Patriots, everybody gives Bill Belichick, you know, the criticism and the praise for putting that team together because he is the de facto general manager for that team. So it's a clear, it's a clear uh, structure as to what's going on. And it's never been clear because Arthur Blank has always done that. And that's why I feel like he's never hired a, a head coach with any experience because uh, any he- head coach with any sense is doesn't want to be tied to a general manager because there are some uh, decisions that have to be made where you say, hey, I'm the general manager. I'm, I want this guy. I like this guy. I feel like he can be this guy. And the coach can say, "Okay, you the personnel decision maker. I'm gonna try to make. It, I'm gonna try to make it work. Make it work but if yeah. it doesn't, guess who's at fault? 
the general manager. And we just haven't been able to do that because Arthur Blank always wants to combine these guys and hire them at the same time and all this stuff, you know, even hire Arthur Smith before Terry Fontenot. So it's just, yeah. it's just, it's too much gray area when it comes to this situation. And that's why we always having these conversations about, all right, well, who made the decision on Desmond Ritter? Right. Who ain't made the decision on Rasheed Hagman? It's just right. too much. It's just too yeah. much. Yeah. And do they stay? Or do they both go? Do they both stay? Now, in this case, you might see an Arthur Smith departure and a Terry Fontenot staying because like you said, Arthur Smith was hired independently of Terry Fontenot. So it'll right. be interesting how that goes. And just real quick before we wrap up and move on to the next topic, want to give a shout out to the guys that have been consistent because we talk about the fact that the Falcons have been up and down, up and down, up and down this entire season. But one guy on defense has stayed the course. Another guy on offense has stayed the course as well. So we've got to give a shout out to Jesse Bates the third for being selected for the Pro Bowl games coming up in February. Chris Lindstrom getting Getting his second now. This is Jesse Bates' first not Oddly enough, well, that was crazy. But that that's pretty darn cool. And even you know, giving a shout out to a Keith Smith who was named a second alternate, Young Way Cool, a third alternate, and both Bajan Robinson and Drew Dalman as fifth alternates. Now you may laugh and say like, why are we talking about fifth alternates? Because it's still an honor for a rookie to be on that team, and it's still an honor for Drew Dalman to be recognized because we know how challenged the Falcons have been at all. Really, I don't want to say all across the O line, but Minus mm -hmm. Jake and minus Chris. Right. Everybody else has been a challenge. So for him to even get a nod as a fit alternate still speaks about the progress that's being made under center or at center. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of just speaks to where the development piece, right? Like I was never a big fan of Drew Dahlman when he came in, but hey, he's been solid. Cause you're not going to get all pros and pro bowl guys all the way up and down the offensive line. You're going to just have guys who just fit your system and they're going to be, give you exactly what you need. Nothing more, nothing less. And I feel like to be at least in that conversation, you got to look at it and say, Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. You know, but like for a guy like Jesse Bates to be able to get the nod for a pro bowl, I'm assuming that he's going to be in the conversations for all pro as well. And then Chris right. Lindstrom, yeah. ever since he's gotten healthy, you know, he missed three games this year, but you know, for him to kind of be in this space where, um, I'm sorry, like dealing with injuries in, in, in one game, but mm -hmm. you, <clears throat> you only miss, miss, miss one game. I'm sorry. Right. Um, but, but just the way he, the way he looked, you know, out on that screen pass to Tyler Algier against Chicago Bears, I'm like, yep, that's the Chris Lindstrom that I know. That's the one that I, I, I'm just, and then just cleaning up piles, you know, just going downfield and getting blocks. That's the type of guy. That's why he's a pro bowler. That's why he's the the guy that I said, okay, yeah, this is, this is the guy they need to have in here. And this is the Chris Lindstrom that we're used to. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, shout out to those guys for keeping it consistent in a very, very inconsistent season for the Falcons. Now, when we come back, guys, we're going to take you around the Metro with some sales that are going on that Jarvis and I don't, don't quite understand. <laughs> Guys, listen up. This is Jarvis Davis here for game time. Guess what, guys? This is one of the things that you guys need to be checking out. And this is the great app, right? Because I know you guys have been frustrated. I know you guys have been struggling trying to figure out how to get last minute tickets. Game time is the place is the fastest, and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports music, comedy, and theater events right near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Times takes the get work, guesswork out of buying tickets, guys. I'm telling you, this is exactly what you need to do. 
take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time because I know if you the last game of the season, hey, I was even thinking about getting on the road and going down to New Orleans and see if I give me some tickets. You know where I went? I went to game time because this is the place you need to go. They are obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. So if you want to save a little bit more money, just wait a little bit to have that kickoff and then you can get the hop right on the app and get that deal. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use redeem code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, uh, guaranteed. Atlanta Sports Party family. You guys have been rocking with us for years, so we're going to do a throwback in Around the Metro this year, and we're going to take it back to the ATL Day 1 days where Jarvis and I used to have some fun with sports entertainment and the culture so Jarvis I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball and we're going to go with the situationship story first Uh and Uh then if time permits we'll come back to our second story because I know my guy I know he's going to want to weigh in on this one when I share this one with him saw this on uh, Fox 5 out of Bryan Ohio so set it up for you and I can't wait to hear what you got to say JD have you been finding yourself in a situationship lately that is a romantic or sexual relationship that's more than friendship but less than a committed relationship and simply undefined? Well, Spangler, the maker of you know the iconic Sweetheart's Conversation Candy, says it wants mm-hmm. to encourage confused singles everywhere with the limited edition release of its situationship boxes just in time for Valentine's Day. <laughs> can't even say what is pretty nice. Singles are taking situationships to the next level this year, and Sweethearts is here for them. So apparently, they'll be available to purchase online beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on January 8th at SweetheartsCandies.com. And this brand, Jarvis, has been in existence since 1902 for relationships. But in 2023, 2024 now, they are actually creating situationship candy. No, the, I know you're married, so I respect that. But you got on this man. Um, uh, so, you so I'm, I don't know, like you know, I could be a little twelve year old ish. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in the candy. What's the sayings? Because you know, they, you know, been known for having all of the sayings. Be on mine, be, be mine for a, a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, are we gonna put a caveat on it? Is there gonna be an ass? Hey, big head, you up? <laughs> you know? I'm about to pull up. <laughs> what you doing? I was just in a neighborhood. Right. I would love to be in the room for of the people that come up with those things because you know they gotta have somebody in there to just just a little bit younger, you know, on the younger it. spectrum because situationships are very interesting. Like there aren't any rules, like you just kind of whatever, you know. <laughs> it's just kind of free willy, like literally free willy, yo. Uh, I only know where to go without getting myself in trouble. So I'm gonna go right. right there. So I'm, no, so I'm, I'm gonna help you. You know, I'm gonna help save you, right? But yes. I gotta hear from you because you're you're the dude on the show. So like we gotta hear the male perspective of this. Oh, this is so funny to me because it took me back to this is years ago when I was well, it was before I got engaged, right? Mm. So the guy at the time, we were like really, really good friends and you right. know, started liking each other, whatever. And so 
after after a while, you kind of wonder like, okay, well, just let me know what's going on. Like, can we are we dating other people? Are we dating exclusively? Like, what's the deal? His response was, well, I mean, can we just be in a situation? No, you can be in a situation. I won't be. He literally asked the question. Oh yeah, and he laughed like that's bold. And I, that's bold. Like, and that's what I thought. I was like, is he kidding me? Is he freaking for real? Wow. And who I don't you, know. Who does he think he's talking to? You know, you got to go in your mama face. Like, who do you think you're talking to, boy? <laughs> I was like, is he, is, he, is he dumb or is he just stupid? <laughs> yeah, he was stupid. He was real yeah. stupid. Like, so just, I was like, no, you'll be in a situation God, by yourself. So long story short, he got it all the way together. We ended up dating. We got engaged to get married. But he, you know, I was like, that's some foolishness. But yeah. I guess we live in he's a world. to have his cake and candy and eat it yeah, too. Yeah, cake you know? and candy. Yes, and apparently this is what these people are going to be trying to do in the next four I weeks. You can get that money, good lord! You know, but you know what, Jars? On February fifteenth, it's going to be some fire because there will be some people who thought that was a cute, cute, cool idea to give to the other person. No, ma'am, no, sir. No, 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 no. So the February fifth, the edition of Atlanta Sports Party after February fourteenth might be the one you want to come and check in on yes, as please. we talk about all the fallout <laughs> from that foolishness. Yes. Anyway, guys, as always, we appreciate you for stopping by. It's always a party here, right? Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel because there's a whole lot of other parties on there that you'd love to check out as well. And of course, we will see you on the Falcons postcast on Sunday.